Hola mi gente, it's your girl Dalis Jasmine and welcome to Hello Latino. Today's guest is Jessica Artiles, una reina cubana. You'll notice this conversation is different than others. This one is pure cafecito and chisme beginning to end, no structure, pure vibes. I'm all about creating a space where my guest and I can show up and have a vulnerable conversation. For Jessica and I, this is the approach that worked best. And Dios mío, her spirit, passion, and authenticity really shine through in this episode. She talks about what it means to be a refugee, her career in design thinking. She teaches us some Cuban slang, and she even threw in a ludicrous lyric. Que disfruten esta conversación. We're gonna we're gonna get to some we're gonna get to some slang words and phrases at the end of this. So prepárate. Oh <laughs> uh, amiga, I there's so much I want to say before we get started. There's so much I want the audience to know. There's there's so much because I think they're gonna see it in this episode. But your your spirit, your soul. I was literally talking about Alicia Keys earlier, right? And I was telling you about her book, More Myself, and how I read it in the beginning of the year. But you, there's, there's just something about people when you get to know them and it's like your souls were so, you know, hay una conexión that's so organic and so natural. And I felt that with you right away. And I think the very first conversation we had was in Rizon. And then we've been in two dyads together for Rizon. And just the conversation when I had with, it was with you, me, and, and Danae. Danae? Danae. And such a beautiful conversation about human design, right? About all those, about astrology, about so many beautiful things. But all that to say is that I'm really excited that we've gotten to know each other and so happy that Chris introduced us through Ryzen in the most indirect way, right? That we just met through Ryzen's platform. But I'm grateful. Happy that you're here. Cuban princess. La reina cubana, okay? <laughs> done. You got you gotta mention Celia when you say la reina cubana. You gotta say we could we wouldn't be here where we are without Celia. So you gotta nod to that. So and I appreciate you, Queen, for for bringing that in. Appreciate you. You know, I need to tell you a fun story about Celia. My brother was a huge fan of Celia Cruz. So much that when she passed away, Yoro como niño, he was no. in tears no. he was like why why did this happen to her <laughs> pero pero con dolor así como si fuera una mamá like he cried <laughs> and now every time we see him we're like put some celia on for him <laughs> that means so much to me Odalis. you have no idea thank you and you have family Hi, Aaliyah, you're basically actually my cousin <laughs> Basically, yes, yes. For everyone who's listening, I have family, and I always talk about my family in Miami. And I never knew where they lived in Miami. I was, I, I'd always say like, I don't know where in Miami, but they live somewhere in Miami. And yet, the other day, my dad was like, "Oh yeah, Bieben in Hialeah, which is like a mini Cuba. I don't know if that's true or not, but I was like, oh wait, I met people from Hialeah, and I remember you told me you were from Hialeah. Oh my god. Anyways. Hialeah is to, the way I tell people Hialeah is to Miami like Cambridge is to Boston but also like South Central 
even more so like South Central is to LA. So you can say you're from LA. Yeah. You're from South Central? Like that's a whole different narrative. Like that's <laughs> not other LA. And when you come from Hallelujah, you know that those two are not always the same. <laughs> well, mira, I'm learning something new. Yeah, we're basically cousins, primas, primas. <laughs> I, but I want to start this conversation. Ya lo empezamos, but I want to start this conversation talking about something that you did, something that you gifted me last week while I was going through a really, really mentally stressful week in my career, in my personal life, in, in todo aspectos. I was going through just not even like a stressful week, just like a lot. It was a lot, um, a lot on my plate. And you challenged me to a chakra challenge and created this beautiful daily experience. And I was like, oh, deep breaths, I'm gonna do it. And although I was hard on myself because I didn't follow through with every single day, but the days that I did do felt so intentional. And it felt so needed those days. And it was a game changer because now I do one song, one dance party when I want. <laughs> that was the beginning of the chakra challenge was to do one, one song, one dance party. But I, I wanted to unpack that with you because we did the chakra challenge together. Um, and is this something that you offer? For coaching or is it something that you want to offer I, I remember we talked about it but I can't remember yeah yeah thank you thank you for that and you know before launching in Odalis you have to really sink let it sink in the amount of work that you just put in this past week and a half you knew that you had the final week at your nine to five and uh, which is often more than five o'clock right it often goes far, farther than that it's um, like eight yeah, to seven <laughs> And, and I can tell you're so structured and you're so um, together in so many ways. And yet you said, you know what? This is an opportunity for growth. And honestly, actually, let's bring it back full circle. When I first saw Rise On, it was actually a video of Chris Gates in his like jankety old car with his crazy hippie long hair. <laughs> even crazier than it is now and now 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 it's now it's you know corporate too now it now it like helps yeah, now it has the level it has a little swag in there too con el corte you know we're proud of that hair we're proud of it but <laughs> like i saw this video and it was this man pouring his heart like literally all his hair in his face you know and 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 being so vulnerable with the world and saying like i don't know how you're going to perceive this but this is what i got and this is what I got to offer you. I was in a place where I thought I had too much and I couldn't handle anymore. And I thought that it was, you know, what you might usually be like, well, you you uh, don't bite too much that you can't more than you can chew, right? Whatever the English mm -hmm. idiom. You're gonna see me butcher all of these English idioms because That's it's- me, girl, girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you bilingual though. Exactly. <laughs> you no. say things so wrong. <laughs> And it's okay. We'll make up with the etymology later, right? The etymology lesson okay. <laughs> with some Greek. Greek and <laughs> um, but I just—it's so interesting. I just make this connection now with you, right? That 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 parallel is so there for me. I was in a place where I was in a scarcity mindset, and I thought, "Yo no tenía ni un chicharro." Okay, I had no. I had no disposable income on my own because I wasn't bringing in any income. I had just left my job, my studio job. And I was like, not really sure what happens next to be completely honest. And I, 
I try not to tell this story in a way that like is the usual like I was loud down to my last dollar and then I crossed the street and I saw a sign and here we are, you know? It's like I don't want to be cliche, but coño it it's a story because it works. It's a, it's still a story because it still gets passed down. And that's my personal story and I I leaned into Chris's message and this is someone that I hadn't connected with over like 10 years in since that was 2018 and I had only been with him since 20, 2007. So back in our in our you know high school early days and so I took Wait, that y'all went to high school together? No, we did not. It was even more like no, mia, aquí hay cuento palango, right? Aquí hay cuento for a while, but but the, the point of this is that you took that leap of faith and, and people out there listening, your listeners, your, your, your audience members, they have to confront that decision all the time. And, and so there's so many opportunities that we're, we have tsunami sized opportunities coming at us every microsecond we're going through Instagram. And so how are you supposed to find your North? How are you supposed to tap into your intuition? I think of it like a little maple tree where like the sugar is already there, bro. You don't, you just like, you have, you don't have x-ray vision. I get that, but you can tap into it and you can feel it out. And if you tap that tree, this is a concept I did not have in Hialeah. What the hell is a maple tree? What do you mean tapping, right? <laughs> but now that I've lived in New England for almost 13 years, I know that there's a method to that madness. I know that there's a magic that we, just by being human, a magic that is within us that we can access. That's what the chakra challenge is. I don't I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> it's a way to begin from the inside out. You know, it's a new conversation starter. You know, you know what's so interesting? I didn't I didn't tell this, I didn't tell you this, but again, like I said, when I did these chakra challenges, I missed a couple, but when I did them, it felt so needed that day. Like it was like almost like I didn't like it was intentional, like almost like divine, divine, like God, yes, I lo que estaba haciendo, you know, like he knew. It's like, she needs it today. So I'm going to give her some time today. That's how I viewed it. <laughs> oh, Friday. Friday was the last day, right? My last day to my, of my 8 to 7 p.m. <laughs> uh, role. And that morning was my last le- – I have a leadership meeting that I that I would attend through work. And it was my last one, last one of the year, and my last one um, for that role. And you'll never believe what this entire – 8.30 to 12.30 was four. It was about emotional intelligence. And I don't know. Let's see if you can guess it. But I did a chakra challenge that morning. Can you guess what it was? I'm curious. Well, I know that you were behind by a day. <laughs> That's true. <she> knows. <laughs> so I'm cheating. But emotional intelligence can come from so many. Emotional intelligence shows up, I would say, in many of the chakras. Honestly, like oh when yeah, you feel yeah. your security being when you feel like someone is about to take your man, that's your root chakra coming in. That's not your heart chakra. That's your root yeah, chakra yeah. being like security, protection, safety. This person is infringing. They're passing. The, they're crossing the line. They're infringing mm-hmm. my territory. The claws come out. Las uñas están afiladas, right? But so so it can show up in many places, but. Emotional intelligence is maybe best uh, articulated through the intuition, through the third eye chakra, where you're trying to maybe understand. I love the idea that the third eye sees the stuff that the two physical eyes can't see, right? What is the intangible? There's the stuff and there's the story. 
in any given yeah. moment, right? In any message, in any moment that you're that you're operating in, and for and you have to be able to see the things that are invisible, and you feel these things. So it's not like your your body was designed for that invisible stuff and that invisible yeah. stuff. Don't ha- don't hide away from it. That's my message to my leaders when I look at people like you, Alalis. It's like you were made for this, Mama. You were literally made to step into a power that is beyond what a spreadsheet can ever quantify. And I'm a three-time engineer. Like I, I say this only to like support that, like, believe me, I like numbers and I love math and science. Those are my biggest crushes. And <laughs> <laughs> she mad in love. <laughs> uh, no, but I, okay. So let me tell you this morning, this Friday morning was probably the most, Ooh, just the most fulfilling couple hours of my day and of my week because I, we talked about emotional intelligence, something that I've always been curious about. I never knew what it was. I heard people say EQ and you have a high EQ or este y el otro, but I, I didn't really know what that meant until doing this session with someone who does these these coaching sessions around emotional intelligence for the military, like, you know, and, and Navy SEALs, the an NFL player, like he does it for so many different types of groups of people. And he's done it for over 40 years. And I was like, oh my God, I was so like invested in this conversation. And one of the highlights that I came, came away with was that we just all have this power, right? There's, there's power in emotions. There's power in the way that we feel, the way that we react, the way that we think and like just all, there's so much power within us and so much we can tap into. But what I wanted to get to was one of my highest scores because there's a whole sheet of things like your emotional intelligence score, right? Like, and he said, don't pay attention too much on the number. Cause that's where people get all like, Oh, I need to work on it, blah, blah, blah. But the highest score that I had was self-actualization, which means I'm always looking for opportunities to learn and grow and be a better human to find more meaning, more purpose in life. And I have never felt more seen and heard in my life. I was like, yes, that is me. <laughs> so you saying that so you saying that at the beginning that I was like, oh, I took the opportunity to grow and learn. That is so innate to me, apparently, right? And it's it makes sense when I think back to the decisions I've made. It's all about growth and and learning and whatnot. So, anyways. Hey, Pop quiz, Olali, since you're part of the Chakra Challenge. Pop quiz, where is self-actualization on Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Do you The top one, right? No? Yeah, that's what's up, girl. Don't yeah. Don't I was like, I remember, I remember. That was like that was like a memory I didn't know I had. <laughs> I was like, top one. I like remember that triangle. Yeah, girl. The other word for self-actualization, because honestly, for the first like 10 years that I knew that word, I actually didn't know what it meant. If that can, that's my ESL showing, you know, but I had no idea what that word meant. Like, actually, I am myself. Like, okay, I get it. You just said your name. I what I'm getting. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> but a, a word that I've used to, that, that I've come to understand it as is the concept of fulfillment. And so to be fulfillment, this isn't Amazon orders fulfillment. This isn't my my brother-in-law Hugo working at Amazon in LA. No, this is fulfillment where you are not shipping orders to people. You are actually filling yourself. You are living your life as if you are full. You feel like you are full. 
Forget the scarcity mindset. You have everything exactly where you need it to be. Maybe you haven't tapped it yet, but that tree is there, my love. Y si te secó el árbol, then we've got another problem going on. But that you have it in you. And I wanted I wanted to alley you what you what you brought in. I can't believe you had that Friday experience. I had no idea. You made me remember my original origins with emotional quotients or emotional intelligence. I actually, this is a, a short story that I actually, when I when I graduated, when I left grad school at MIT, I got hired by the Office of Experiential Learning. And they had a pretty cool, honestly, it was just my friend from undergrad that saw a project and he's like, I don't know how to do this, but I know someone who does. And that's how they bring you in. This guy and I suffered so hard through 2004, like controls and dynamics. Oh my God, no, like we would cry. We would like, anyway, so that, that hardship though, right? That created in us an amazing foundation. So let's just, let's just leave it there and say that I get hired by this by, by MIT to go be the design thinking integration strategist at the Meadowbrook School of Weston outside of Boston. So this is the first time that little old me has to buy a car. She's Tangie. Her name is Tangie. She's super cute. She's orange. <laughs> and I have to go commute myself to 40 minutes outside of like, you know, proper Boston into the middle of like, I guess I could call it a million things, but obviously the entire demographic is mostly white. And so the long story here is that I started, I came in with this idea that I would be helping these teachers and these students to learn design thinking as their bedrock or their foundation into being functional and being the best version that they could be at a makerspace. So we were installing, MIT was installing the makerspace and we were, and I was coming in to say like, okay, but it's also about the mindset, right? But I get to this school, y uno no sabe con quien trabaja, right? I get to this school and I'm the one that ends up learning about social emotional learning. Before then, I had no idea what SEL was. I was already, you know, far gone from high schools. You think highly a high? I don't think I ever heard. Let me let me not speak bad of my alma mater. I don't think I ever heard the words social emotional learning at Hialeah High. Not back in my day. Oh, say that, girl. girl. <laughs> I I can relate to that in my high school. My whole educational experience before college, not even in college. Like <laughs> I'm gonna be real. Not even in college. Well, I mean, I learned about it post grad school, so I was like, it doesn't mean I didn't hear about it. But for example, I wasn't ready to be tapped. I think it just, yeah. I think it just really mm -hmm. surprised me the way that they, these kids were paying for an amazing education. Yeah. And so they should be receiving an amazing education. And I was there to make sure of that. And I was the one that was learning about social emotional learning, which is usually like in these spaces, especially for this age, it's like you're in a jungle gym or you're like, you take the entire gymnasium and you bring in a company to put top ropes and all these things. And you create like obstacle courses and you have to trust each other because belay on, belay off. And, and you create this ecosystem, which is really just a space to grow in and to have these hard conversations. And these kids were getting it in freaking first grade, Odalis. First grade. Whereas my cousin was over there smashing through a wall because he couldn't contain his anger back home. You know, like, it was just like black and white for me. And, and when I say black and white, to be clear, like, <laughs> this is a little teachable moment. You'll, you'll see my, my teacher hat come on and off, but I don't think 
I don't think anything is black or white, but I think we need to go into scenarios knowing and defining what black is and what white is. And what that means to me is like, where are your boundaries? Where are your extremes? How do you make sense of the world? If you had to simplify this moment into two, what, what would be those two buckets? So what does Odalis mean for me? What are the two things that Odalis means for me? Well, right now she means, I guess I'm in the middle of recording a podcast, so she means network. I, I'm not afraid of admitting that. But the second thing she means for me is like somewhere between home and, and authority and self-actualization. You know, you are the model of someone that is putting the steps necessary to reach your top mountain. You literally laid your foundation and now you're standing on top of it and you want to keep growing. That's exactly who I want to be friends with. So that's what I associate Odali wait, wait, as. Wait, 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 are know. we friends? Are we now <laughs> best friends? Primas? <laughs> <laughs> Today you got promoted I know, to Prima, now you got demoted again to friends. No. <laughs> No, no, that's so beautiful. And you touched, so you touched on human design and uh, I'm going to take a deep breath because I don't feel like a lot of people know about human design. I didn't, I didn't. When I, I asked you, I was like, what do you do? <laughs> um, and then I remember explaining to you what I did and you were like, I'm surprised you don't know about human design. And that had me thinking, it's still in my mind. I'm like, why, why don't I know about this? I don't know if it's because I went to a state school. I don't know if it's because I never even, my professors didn't even know about it. I don't know if it is because they didn't know it was important in storytelling. I don't know. I don't know. It could be a million, million reasons of why I don't know about human design, but, or maybe I always knew about it, but I never knew how to put a name to it. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that could really be it. But that, that's what you dedicate your your work to. And so I, I'm doing, by the way, for anyone listening, I'm doing this episode a little differently with, with Jessica because we're doing what feels right. We're doing what feels right. We're letting, we're letting just our souls kind of guide this conversation because that it just feels right to do that with you. It feels right to do that with you and to have this be a whole cafecito and cheesemic conversation where we're exploring different topics about what you do currently in your role um and in your life's work and also we can everything's connected right so we can we can talk about these connections to your upbringing to to Cuba to that refugee mentality but first I want to explore what human design is to you just so the people listening can get a little glimpse into your brain into what you do day to day uh because I remember you explaining it to me and I was so like wow that's amazing. And your passion, let me just say, your passion shows. And I think that's that's what gets people so invested in what you're saying is because, you know, it's so clear that you have a passion for what you do. I appreciate I appreciate so much the space and and how we have come into the space. Uh, before I answer your question on human design and on design thinking, and maybe even backing up some more, just the, the process of design, uh, which is more at that foundation. I guess I just, I just, I think you actually did a Freudian slip there. And I think that's so beautiful. We talk about Freudian slip and we all, so much of our American consciousness today is around what Sigmund Freud wanted to teach us. So I use him often. And what is a Freudian slip, but the moment 
Freud, because his name, F-R-E-U-D, and Freudian slip, because he coined the phrase that like sometimes you analytically maybe, like you cognitively meant to say something, but instead what came out was something else. And, and who's to know where that remezcla of words came from and where that guy branched into different nodes, but you said it. And, and so, you, again, the beauty of that for me is that no one knows. Like you, you, can, you can be like, oh, yeah, well, we, Odalis has talked about human design before with Jessica. That's how we met Danai. So we talked about that. And Jessica just came in saying design thinking. And we know she talks pretty fast because she's Cuban. So maybe Danai got the words mixed up. Maybe there isn't so much magic there. But here's what I'll say. <laughs> As I reminded my interns yesterday at our at the end of our all hands meeting for this semester, and by the way, I had them. I was blessed with the most beautiful team of interns. They were just Selma, Karen, Jamie. You you guys are the shit. You guys just know what's up. You guys are going places, and I'm so humbled to have lived with you and worked with you in this play space. The thing that came up last week, by the way, was there's co living, there's co working, but this was co playing. This was us in different spaces being able to play together in a similar frequency. And that's actually pretty hard to do on, on over Zoom. So mm. without ever having met in person, right? So for all the leaders out there, it is possible. Just bring some magic. Just bring some chispa to your- some chispa, there it is. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> God forbid. Oh no. Anyway, I think your Freudian slip is powerful, Olalis. And if I may, because as I tell my interns, the most beautiful thing about being a human is that you get to choose. You get to choose to want. This goes back to the story of Sisyphus, the Greek tragedy, tragedy of Sisyphus, the, the, the guy that the gods told him that he was going to be immortal. And then he messed up and he angered the gods. And then the gods... Lo <laughs> No, they punished him by now with his immortality. Now he has to roll the ball up the hill every day. And guess what happens at the end of the day? The ball rolls back down. And guess what he has to do? He has to roll the back the ball back up. Y esto así un ciclo. And I bet many of, I'm going to say our audience, can resonate with that. Porque la vida es un treadmill. You feel like you're on a treadmill and you're stuck on this hamster wheel. And it's there's there's this moment. There's this moment where you choose to own that fatalism and to want to move into the next step with more intention. That's the moment that we talk about moving from intuition into precision. That's the moment where you just, you know when you just know. You know, how did you know your life partner was going to be your husband forever or your wife forever? How did you know when you saw her, the back of her head looked ridiculous? Sure, there's many ways to know. But when you know, you know. Now, if you can imagine, we're talking about a lot of like crazy, esoteric, maybe spiritual, maybe very like who, for some people, uh, woo-woo stuff, as they say out in California. <laughs> This is my like art therapist and, and uh, friend that, that does this work out there. This woo-woo, right? God forbid you're saying so woo-woo. And, and it's taken me a while to talk about this so publicly, if I'm quite honest yeah. with, with you. Because it's a shift from all of the mechanical engineering for seven years at MIT, right? Like humility aside, right? Modestia aparte, 
those years taught me to think in very specific ways. And that's actually why I came here. I wanted to round out that side of me. I already knew that I was a people person, but I also didn't really know what that meant. I wasn't ready to go be some wonderful consultant, jet trotting around the world, globe trotting around the world and feeling like this empty shell. So I needed to ground myself. I needed to put meat on those bones. I needed to make those spreadsheets my, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so then I actually, it's only until the, this is the story that brings you into how I learn about design, design thinking, and later human design. It was only in my senior year of undergrad at MIT that I took this class 2009. I didn't even ever know about the freshman year class of design that the same professor teaches, David Wallace, who has like my light, my north. And um, he's sort of like very, very magical person, right? The long story short, I guess we can go into other podcasts on, on this entire. Aquí hay cuentos palagua, aquí hay historia palagua, no? Palagua rato. The long story short is that this was in front of me all along. And it's only until senior year where I went into this man's, like I let myself be guided by this professor's experience that he had created and curated for us, his students in the classroom. It wasn't a sit down, let me get through these lectures and go. No, every single moment was intentional, Odalis. Every, down to the index card under your seat, there was three of them, they're in the perfect order that you find them when he cues you. Like it was magic because it was intentional. It was magic because you let yourself feel it feel the magic. And yeah, we learned a thing or two. Yeah, I have a patent, thankfully, with my team from the Helmet Hub product that we developed that semester. But more than that, I discovered the power of having a process that is based in design. And for me, as a mechanical engineer from MIT, a Cuban refugee, three-time refugee, (laughs) for me, design is what happens when you take the cross product of art and engineering. Mm. What I mean by that is if you can imagine art on one side, engineering on the other, let's say that left brain of yours, as, as by the way, this is still anatomically correct. It's not like a hard division that nothing is connected or transferred between the left and the right hemispheres, but there is still enough segmentation of what happens in the brain and what gets processed in the left versus the right hemisphere that it's still a worthwhile um metaphor to be using as humans to understand the world and ourselves. So I know that that huge headline came out a few years ago that said, there's no such thing as left and right. And I was like, yeah, but um, read the next sources, you know? <laughs> anyway, anyway your was, no, no, not like that, but just like, no, 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 entiendo, entiendo. If you can imagine your left brain is that analytical, and this is what we call the pi-based model, pi like the Greek letter pi. Pi because it has two prongs. It has two punticos that, los dos punticos que encajan, you know, two ways to come at this problem, right? On your left brain is that engineering, analytical, logical way of being. And on the right side of that pie, on the right foot, is the intuition, right? Is the creativity that you bring to a team. And we know hashtag creativedifference.ido.com, go for the sources because these big companies have opened up. Thank you, David Kelly, for opening up this platform for us to be able to have these these conversations so freely. We'll talk about the story of design thinking and how it comes to be in another episode, but (laughs) 
That is what design is. Design is being able to know that these are the two boundaries and you are having to make sense of your next step. You can approach analytically and logically, and you can approach creatively and intuitively. And you're actually probably better off if you can approach with both in some integrated form. There's so much I want to unpack with you, but for the sake of time, (laughs) I want to touch on something that you said in that explanation. You said three-time refugee. Can we touch on that? Can we unpack that? (laughs) Yes, queen. Let's unpack that. La reina cubana, okay? I'm going to keep calling you that. I want to unpack this with you because I mentioned it right when I was when I was asking you a question I mentioned what you told me um, about this refugee analogy and I'd love to unpack that with you I want to first say you know I hope I hope your audience members are, are coming to this with curiosity more than a strong grip of what they already believe there's a quote I really really love and I think it helps our community a lot as we approach hard times it says, uh, a strong conviction with a loose hold. So as a leader or as, as, a, as, a, as a community organizer, as a parent, as a, as a partner, as a whatever you are to yourself and to others, you might want to lead with a strong conviction, knowing what's right, right? Knowing where you stand, but with a loose hold. And why a loose hold? Because a lot of these, the world is shit changing like actively <laughs> a lot. And if I said this a year ago, you would have nodded. But if I said it now, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have no idea to tell me, to pretend to know where we're going. I would love to, to, to contemplate that. I would love to wander with them in that play space. But the reality is that our landscapes are shifting constantly. Even to get like academic with you or scholarly with you, right? The US census predicts that by 2045, that's 25 years from now, bro. Add 25 years to your age. By that age of yours, the U.S. is predicted to be minority white. That means that the white, like white people, not the whites, <laughs> but white people, white people, like pure white people, so to speak, will represent less than half of the demographic of the population. And you and I both know plenty of undocumented people that it's probably going to be before 2045. <laughs> But still, yeah, the point is that we're to make it even and round up, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Documented history. So what, is that, what does that all come together? For me, I, I've had a lot of opportunity this COVID to reflect. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even until one of these white guys, and I love, I love these people around me, and, and I love the candidness with which we, we can be around each other. So this white guy of my life has in, in, pl- implanted a lot in my, in my core of who I am today. His name is Jason, Jason Prentice. And no, excuse me, Jason Preston. I thought of Emily Prentice from Criminal Minds. <laughs> Another oh, white lady. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Jason, when you're hearing this, I love you. Jason is a beautiful man who curates his community called Dent. Dent is for people who are here to, people that are probably gonna be putting a dent in the future, right? Making a mark on our, our landscape, on our, on our social, emotional, time, space, fabric, right? Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of COVID, he reached out to me and I thought that I could help him with this whole like design and how to make sense of COVID. And, and he wanted me to do a webinar for the team, for the group. 
for the membership. And the way that he put it was just find opportunity in chaos. O sea, este gringuito, este chavito, este güero, however you want to, este gringo was over here telling me to find opportunity in chaos. And it's only when you can operate from a place of, of zen, of, of, of being okay with who you are and where you are, that you can find opportunity in chaos. And so that just spiraled me into a bunch of months that here I am now at the out, at the end of that, thank God, before Noche Buena coming out the other side. <laughs> yep. And the story that unfolds is about a refugee and how we are all refugees now. So mm -hmm. thank you, COVID. Trágate esta, right? Thank you, COVID, for making us all refugees. Every single global citizen on this planet has experienced a shift due to COVID. Some of them have made $37 billion from it. Some of them are sleeping on the streets. <sighs> and there's a lot, a lot happening in between. But once you realize that something has shifted for you, then you have a, a point, you have an anchor point in your narrative. Mm -hmm. And once you can determine what that shift is, the clarity comes with where you were coming from and where you are going. O sea, what in this moment, I would invite your audience to ask itself, what are you seeking refuge from? What are you looking for next? Oh, man. It, it goes, it, it just, it, it makes me think of all the stories I've heard on this pod. It makes me think of my family's story. It makes me think of my dad's, my mom's, you know, like, all these stories that live in, in my own generations, in my own history, in my own ancestry, and all the other stories I've been blessed enough to hear from, to hear of on this podcast. Ooh, deep breaths, deep breaths, deep breaths. <laughs> There's so much going on through my mind right now. Like you literally mind, mind blown. Every single time I talk to you, I'm just mind blown. Because I mean, you make me tap into tap into that, right? You make me tap into so much. So thank you for that. Thank you, Odalis. Because maybe your listeners won't know this, but when you said today we're trying something different and we're just gonna find what feels right or do what feels good, right? I always, that's actually the thing, right? I, I love how you put it that way because the thing for me was always hearing, like, honestly, these güeras and these gringas on YouTube looking all perfect in their lifestyles with their perfect modern lifestyle design and succulents everywhere. And I'm like, what even is a succulent? <laughs> and I was just like, I'm not from California. We don't have that in Miami. And I was like, what, what, where? And it's almost like this message where it's like everything is perfect and everything is fine. I was like, do you know how backbreaking my family has to endure every day this backbreaking work so that bike breaking and mind breaking and spirit breaking and heartbreaking work every single day up at four in the morning back at 9 p.m. I have seen that. That's my father. That's who I was translating for when I was five years old learning the very little English that I still didn't have. I was in ESL until third grade <laughs> and then I just jumped. They just jumped me to gifted, which was maybe you can tell why there's always two extremes to this, right? Yeah. <laughs> But my dad, 
God, like I, I didn't know English and I somehow had to figure out how to help my grandmother pass her citizenship test and how to help my dad make sense of what signs to put on the on the trucks that we were driving around Miami. Mm -hmm. O sea, Artiles for me is 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 being a refugee. And my dad and I, we landed, Odalis, in Miami in 1992, just after. There's a big story to before that. But as soon as we land in this American paradise, guess what? Hurricane Andrew had just blown by. And the houses were literally decapitated. Mm. ¿Y qué hace, papi? Se da cuenta that there's some houses that need some roofs. <laughs> 25 years later, we are so grateful to still be able to be doing very simple, very simple humility, like humble work. And he'll say it all the time. He's like, MIT is a lot harder. And I'm like, no, Bobby, I think what you're doing is a lot harder. You are navigating the shit out of a world that was not designed for you. This world was not made for you, Bobby. And you came in here and you just dropped some knowledge on this town and you didn't. Like, he's not bombastic. If you ever my, if you ever meet my dad without this, I mean. Girl, you're making me cry right now. <laughs> no, thank you, because this is like, this couldn't have been tapped in another way. And I need your audience to know that you, you guys are watering right now. And this is powerful because you let yourself, you put yourself in this position. You let me help you. And I'm not even like, I hope this isn't a sales pitch, but you guys should know that Odalis behind the scenes is working so hard right now. We tried this a week ago, a week and a half ago, and it just wasn't there, you guys. Mm -hmm. We had our connection pre-established. We pressed record, and then I don't know what happened. We both were like, <laughs> we were both like eyes wide open, like what is happening? This is like getting. This is like it frenados, was frenados. We were like, <laughs> and we can tell that this was just going in this automatic motion, but it wasn't yeah. us speaking from our depths of our inner power of our inner wisdom of alignment. It was just on 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 autopilot, and, and that's this is not right now. This is for real how we talk. This is this is truly a cafecito and cheese Like y'all are listening in on the cheese So when Odali says to you that we're just gonna let it, we're just gonna let it flow. You gotta know that there's a method to the madness, and that's where design lands for me. I can't stand in front of you and say I'm an artist, and I can't stand in front of you and say I'm much of an engineer because I've never really. I don't know, been on the big oil rigs, I guess. So, so to your version of an engineer, no, I still can't fix most of what happens with my car. But <laughs> I learned a shit ton of the street smarts kid hanging out with my dad all the time. So I, I can pull my own weight. And now in the world of design, I just make sense of it. And you, what you did, Odalis, you prototyped it. That first session that we did, that's called the prototype. Because you gave it your best in that moment, given your design constraints, you recorded that session as best as you could. And that prototype te sirvió, I think te sirvió, because you came at this in a very powerful way. And there's a delta there. There's a change there, my friend. Mm. Maybe back then we was Kronos time and now it's Kairos time. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You taught me this. Let's teach the audience. Let's teach the audience. <laughs> <laughs> there's two types. There's two. Okay, I I'm going to try to say it. Okay, you tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two types of time, right? That the Greeks... <laughs> I'm butchering this already, but los griegos, los griegos tienen dos palabras, two words for time. One is chronos, which is which is chronological time, right? And the other one is Cairo. How do we how do we say it that we wanted to think about it? Kai. What's up, Cairo? Was it that? Cairo. <laughs> that. Come yeah, on, Kairos, Kaira. Mm, I don't remember. Hopefully, we could sink into it and find it again. Cairo. Or it could come back. But that one is intuition. 
right? It's like, what's up, bro? Kai, come on, Kaya. It was something like that. What's up, Cairo? But that, I, I, yes, I feel like I'm always running. I don't know if you can probably relate to this because you're a Latina, but I'm always late. I'm always running on intuition time. <laughs> that was meant to be for what me. Our forefathers <laughs> had a word for this. Our founding fathers, they said, um, and then, and then, and then, because my clothes and my time gotta coordinate. Oh my! <laughs> I was literally like, she's about to post some like history right now. Let's leave that pop quiz for people up and see who see who's who, see who's out there right now. Let's see. Who's yeah, I literally thought you were gonna give us some history lesson. I was like, oh, okay, she knows a little bit about U.S. history. <laughs> my clothes gotta coordinate. Who can who can remember who that was? One of our founding fathers. Come at me. This is all crazy. Let me tell you that. She's this like, is come absolutely. At me. In case that's not a hint to you already, but, or yes, and that's another design thinking knowledge on you on the mindset. It's not the but anymore, but the yes and. Right? That's something I learned. Instead of saying I have to work, it's like, oh, I get to work. Or I, mm-hmm. I, I get to do this instead of saying, oh, I have to read, right? I have to, blah, blah, blah. That's really beautiful. I really like that too. That's more about like abundance and versus scarcity mindset. And that's more about gratitude, right? And, and guiding you that way. Sorry, I interrupted you, but I, I was thinking about that when you said um, yes and instead of yes, but. I was going to be like, muchacha, que importa? I don't know what I was saying anyway. So, <laughs> oh, the crazy, right? It's like, we. this is crazy as a hint to uh, the lyric, the lyrical master that just dropped that knowledge on us when we were like little kids in middle school and had no idea what was going on in the world. Now that our time and our clothes coordinate, some people think we come in late and that's disrespectful and some people don't and that's okay. Both of those are okay. As long as you are walking in, stepping in with your best power, with your being your best self you can be in that moment. Most of my friends know that I'm probably going to be late to most things. That's not, I sit with like, is that intergenerational trauma? Is that, <laughs> there's way more to unpack there, right? But is that just nature versus nurture? Is that just my DNA as a Cuban? Like we are officially always late to everything. Nosotros éramos with my dad, because he would get home from work, right? Super late, and then there we were. But guess what? We were the last ones to show up to the party, and we were also the last ones to leave after helping you clean up. So we got the time in with the person. Like that, we came. We we got what we came here for. I'm so sorry we couldn't be here as you maybe imagined. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. It's not like I was over there sitting in a corner, like the, like the Sofia Vergara episode in Modern Family, when Noya se esconde, and like she's there first with Jay, her white husband, right? And she gets there first, and she's like, nobody's around, but she's like looking like spectacular. It's Sofia Vergara, obviously. She goes to the bathroom, and then she waits everybody to pile in, and then vuelve a salir because she wanted the intro. She wanted the time and the clothes to coordinate. This is intuition, Olalis. This mm. is. Pre- this is walking in being the best version of yourself Mm. this is what we do i love it 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 i know we're we're wrapping up on time but i want to do one last thing with you one last thing with you prima i'm gonna upgrade you to prima okay (laughs) there's one last thing i want to do with you selfishly because i want to learn from you and also because i feel like one of the most beautiful things about latinidad is that we have so many different layers and complexities to each of us, depending on where we're from, depending on where we're raised, depending on a lot of things. 
And the beautiful thing about Latinidad is it, there's a mosaic to us because we don't all look the same. We don't all sound the same. We don't all say the same things. We don't all react to things the same. We have beautiful similarities, but there's also a lot of beautiful differences that make us unique. So I want to do something with you and play a little game quickly. I want to learn some Cuban slang, girl. And I, I want to teach you some some slang Hondureño. Uno modismo Hondureño, okay? Modismo. Que palabra Modismo. Me encanta. Go, 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 go. I'm ready. So you say, so, okay, I, I'm, let's go back and forth, okay? Because you say coño a lot. Do you want to know what we say? Coño is like damn. For some right. people, for some Hispanics, coño can be like like the F word, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or el coño for the Spaniards is very different. So we say coño like damn, like oh damn, like coño tu madre, like god damn it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Go we ahead. say puchica. Puchica! 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 It's like with passion, like puchica vos? Puchica vos? It's only exclamation or a question mark at the end though. And at the beginning. And maybe it can change beginning to end because it's a fluid world now. We can just kind of do that. We start one way and we end up. You can do whatever you want. Kind of now we like it. Yeah, but it's like, damn, like, like, buchicaos, buchaos. It's so funny. You, you, you hear, you can hear my, <laughs> I was FaceTiming my, my five-year-old nephew. He was playing this game and he goes, what, bucha? And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, what y'all did here? <laughs> oh, we say buchicas, like, damn, or like, like, what's like, buchicaos, like, as a, yeah, just like, damn. So. Would you say there's like uh, at the beginning, sabe, the inverse exclamation mark, and mm -hmm. then at the end, like a question mark, like, no shit, for real, you kidding me? The question mark, or? Yeah, it, it depends how you say it, right? Like, puchicabos. Like, right? That would be like a, like, what? Tell me more. <laughs> or like, puchicabos. I don't know. There's so many different tones to it, but I wanted to teach do, you that. Can I ask you, do Nicaraguenses also do puchicabos? Or no? I don't know, but there's a lot of similarities between Nicaragua, um, El Salvador, and, and us, for sure. I would say mostly Salvadorians and us have a lot of similarities. If you don't mind me queuing you up, Odalis, and barring in, barging in here like this, there's a Nicaraguense who's taught me most about what it's like to be Nica, and that's his name is Jefferson Sanchez, and I would love, I think I would love, I think the world would love you two on this podcast together. Oh, I, I would love, love to it. have I would love it. I would love it. But teach me, teach me another Cuban slang that I need Ay, to man. know, that I need to know. Bueno, okay, see, sí, eso, because ese día, I was, the first prototype day, right, that we, like, I was going to record that Saturday night, and I wake up on Saturday morning, mucha energía, the night before, all of this. And I'm talking to my mommy and my mimi, my grandma, and she's inspired a lot of our formats in the studio, mimi. <laughs> Darte más mimi. <laughs> And um, and I just told her, you know, enciéndeme una velita, no sé qué, I'm going to be with my friends, but oh, what's a podcast? Esto que lo otro, you know? Y me dice, and then I turn around because I'm still in my bathrobe. And I guess this is very, like, imagine the visual here. My <laughs> my bathrobe is now in between my butt cheeks because from sitting down and at the bottom, too, from sitting down, that it's like not a wedgie, but it's like wedge in there. God. Oh, my God, wedgie has the root word for wedge. Oh, that <laughs> You, you just blew your own mind right there. I gotta tell you about the first time that happened with dirt, the word dirty and dirt. Oh my God. 
Anyway, I turn around and my mom is behind me. She can see my butt now in my FaceTime, right? And 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 she goes, and she starts laughing. She's like, ah, ha, ha. and she says something. I'm like, ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó? And then she tells my grandma. And then my grandma starts laughing. Ah, ha, ha. And I'm like, pero no entiendo, ¿qué pasó? And it's like, and she's like, tienen los frijoles quemados. And I was like, ¿lo qué? ¿Lo cuándo? I was in my bathroom. I was like, what are you talking about? Que tienen los frijoles quemados. This is when your, whatever you're wearing over your butt becomes so like wedged into your butt that when you stand up and it's forming that perfect little, like in the home, in, in Homer's couch, like that little butt, butt groove, right? Butt groove. Your butt. Your two butt cheeks look like frijoles quemado, like burnt beans. It's just like so cute, you know? It's so like childish innocence for like, there's nothing bad, nothing like to be embarrassed about. It happens to everyone. But that's that the beauty. So we all poop. Odalis, aquí todo mundo, everybody poops. Trevor Noah said something how hmm. he's like, everyone from the queen yeah, to yeah, the yeah, most yeah. poor person. We all poop. Every single one of us. He's like, no one, no one can make that look cute. No one can make that look rich. Like everyone poops. Your face is so whack. It hurts too. It hurts sometimes. We've all been through it. You think we're all refugees and we all poop. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't know what else to tell you. That's that's the moral. That's the moral of this whole podcast. Okay. (laughs) All refugees. We all poop. Una veces. Los frijoles están quemados. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my I love it. I love it. I'll speaking of of um pooping. <laughs> Los hondureños decimos ufa when something stinks, como mal olor. Do you say that? Ufa. Oh ufa. <laughs> we say something a little that's ufa sounds really cute cuz right? the lufa is already cute and you want it over your body maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one way to look at it, yeah. It smells really bad. Not good. It smells bad and it's ufa. It's ufa. Mm-hmm. It smells bad. bad. Ufa. Bad. Uf. Ufa. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds to me like when we say like, el stop. It's like the stop sign. El stop. We had to put the e at the end. Mm-hmm. I wonder if like somewhere in, in Hondureña colonization, the word oof comes to them from like a French like oof or something. Mm. And then come more Latin about it and you turn it with an A at the end and oofa. I love that. Reconquering of a word. I love that. <laughs> uh, reimagining a word, if you will. I mean, for us, it doesn't sound so pretty. We sound more like, no! No! Que bestia hacer es esto! And you're like running around like if the world is ending all around you. Yeah. One more. Okay. One more. Cause I want to learn how do Cubans say like, so for us, we see si son niños, wirros, we say wirros or cipote. Oh, mira los cipote allá, los niños. Oh, I, cipotillo. We call the baby cipotillos or wirro, wirro. Wait, what's the, what's the last one? Wirro. 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 You guys have so much more indigenous influences in this instill in the day to day that it's so beautiful. Radio Ambulante on NPR, you know this podcast, right? You're kidding me. No, I don't. Odalis Jasmine, your entire holidays are now taken over by Radio Ambulante on NPR. Radio it's, Ambulante. NPR it's literally un radio que va ambulando. Latin America telling stories of Latin Americans all over the world. Oh, so why don't I know about it? <laughs> it's a 
carrito that's pushing a little radio guy. I love the visual image of him design, right? Okay. Speaking okay. Of, radio Ambulante, anybody who's listening to this podcast would also enjoy Radio Ambulante, but don't stop listening to Odalis, obviously, because that's what obviously. <laughs> so what was, we're so zapote, zapote is another word. Zipote. Zipote. Zapote is a different word. Zapote means some fruit, right? Zapote. I feel like I don't know what it means. It sounds like something. <laughs> some word for, for some kind of fruit, I think, or something like that. Zapote. Um, yeah. Maybe it's American or something. So you say cipote and you say wirro. Cipote y wirro. Mm-hmm. G-U-I-R-R-O. Mm-hmm. But with the dieresis on the U or no dieresis? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dieresis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dieresis. Come at me, dieresis. Those are still the funnest things. Come at me. <laughs> My mom's a Spanish teacher, so if you don't mind my being a stickler for these <laughs> signos de interrogación. <laughs> so you said cipotes, you said huirros, and was there another one? No, we say those two. Cipote y huirro. I think we just say niños traviesos. Like, we just say <laughs> malcriado. Normally, they're malcriado. And malcriado is quite the judgment on the mother or grandmother or family unit that is raising them. So let's just check ourselves with that. Let's not try to maybe eradicate that word from the Spanish Cuban language because that's not so nice. That's not really honoring how far we've gone with that word. But just know that when you say que tu hijo tremendo malcriado, me rompió esto que lo otro, just know that that comes with a packing of a punch. Some more or less literally, you don't know how people came into that word, you know? They might be looking at it more uh, by the book or more like yeah. in, in parlor and, and spoken speak, the colloquial. So. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, I know we're, we're way out. <laughs> we're way behind on time. I know you have a lot of other responsibilities, you know, I don't want to keep you too long, but I do want to do one last thing and then close and then we can end this. I want to end with the brindis, with our cafecito. I just got it the last time that I experienced it. It's so powerful. Thank you for that. That's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. But I want to end with a, a virtual cheers and brindis. And I want, I want us to manifest some good for our Latino community, but I want you to choose what you want to manifest and to choose what you want to cheers to. So what do you want to manifest, Jessica? La prima, la reina cubana. <laughs> La reina de Hialeah. <laughs> this is more than my ego asks for. I'll say that. What do I want to manifest? I want to manifest 2021 walking, Jessica walking around, knowing her worth and not being afraid of helping others with it. Knowing that it's worthy to invite someone first and then teach them once they take the invitation. And knowing that there's light and that light is endless. How do how does this work? Do I do I bring, do I say the toast now, or is that my manifesting and toast? And now do you say something, or what? <laughs> like, what, what, what do I do now? <laughs> when you're ready, when you're ready, we'll say salud. Y lo terminamos así. Then I would say to finding your light and to shining on. Salud. <laughs> salud. Gracias for tuning in and listening to Jessica's story. Connect with her on IG at Adarte Design, Twitter at Jess underscore Artiles, and find her on LinkedIn. See y'all next week for more Cafecito and Chisme and more Hello Latino Love. 
Let's connect in the meantime. Follow me on Instagram at ojasmine4as, Twitter at olalisjasmine, and find me on LinkedIn. And check out my website, olalisjasmine.com. Con mucho amor, familia andreña. And stick around to hear from my sponsor, my partner, my friend, Chris Gates, co-founder of Rise On. Gente, what's up? This is Chris Gates. I had the pleasure of being Odalisa's guest in the Cuba Through My Eyes episode of this amazing podcast. Today, I want to invite you to a free month's membership to my startup, Rise On. Founded by two first-gen Latinos, Rise On is like taking a Zumba class for your mental and emotional health. Our mission is to build humans from the inside out, and we help first-gen folks just like you to grow and to heal. So whether you're struggling with life's challenges or just thirsty for a community to help you grow, Rise On is for you. Every week, we create a space for mindful introspection in community. That's what you get when you mix mindfulness, journaling, coaching, and vulnerable conversations. It's a space to be seen authentically, to develop self-awareness and build inner skills alongside a group of inspiring peers. Our goal is to help you to tap into your own power consistently, to find perspective, clarity, and direction anytime you need it. Over the past two years, we've designed hundreds of experiences for our clients to do just this. These are entrepreneurs and young professionals who trace their roots to some 20 countries. Folks who, despite being brilliantly talented and looking like they got it all together from the outside, are working through some real life challenges. So join us. We'd like to invite every listener of this podcast to experience a Rise On membership for free for an entire month. That includes our weekly Rise On sessions, live and online, plus on-demand mindfulness content and daily community support. To activate your free month Rise On membership, visit www.riseon.life. That's R-I-S-O-N dot L-I-F-E. Riseon.life. Mi gente, let's rise on.